0: gentlemen welcome back this is eric of course and we are the free minds podcast thank you for being here as always i love and appreciate all of you um man the world is a crazy place right now um ukraine is being invaded by russia china is about to invade taiwan i would say probably in the next 2 weeks that'll happen of course i'm no foreign policy expert but you know just looking at the signs, you know, they're, they're encroaching on Taiwanese airspace, they're, uh, they, they know America's distracted, and they know if America wasn't distracted by it in anyway. week so. anyway. Uh, but we'll get into all that. Uh, first things first, I want to give a shout out to my uh, tentative podcast partner, Jim Stroud. I know we haven't done an episode together in a while, but uh, I've been helping him work on his show a little bit behind the scenes. And he got a shout-out on Tim Pool's IRL podcast last night. Couldn't believe it. Um, so, you know, good for him. Hopefully he, he gets a nice bump in subscriptions and, and uh, you know, listens and all that. That'd be great. He's been working hard on his podcast for, like, ten years now. He's been doing this. He's got a bunch of shows. He's he, he's a one-man army. He does all of his own editing. He does all of his interviews. He does everything all by himself. Um, except me, who helps, you know, I help write you know, questions for him sometimes, or do little bits of research on different things. But it's ba- it's basically all him. So you know, good for him. Uh, shout out to Jim again, and uh, yeah, like I said, hopefully um, you know that little mention on Tim Pool will reflect a bump in subs and and uh, listens. That'd be cool. Um, so today there is so much to talk about. Um, one of the first things I want to talk about is. This article that was published in the Washington Post, now, I'm not going to read the whole article because it's just psychotic, uh, woke, jibber-jabber bullshit, but I feel like reading part of it is uh, is necessary. So um, I'm just going to read a little bit of this to you. Basically, the article in general is just trying to say that the, uh, the Freedom Convoy in Canada, the Trucker Convoy was a bunch of evil white supremacists and all this and that. But the, but how they get there is really, truly amazing, okay? So I'm going to read you from the article now. Uh, quote, The primary, primarily white supporters of the Freedom Convoy argue that pandemic mandates infringe upon their constitutional rights to freedom. The notion of freedom was historically and remains intertwined with whiteness as historian Tyler Stovall has argued. In Stovall's book, White Freedom, The Racial History of an Idea, he contends that the Statue of Liberty promised both freedom and whiteness to European immigrants. The book allegedly provides vital new perspectives on the inherent racism behind our cherished beliefs about freedom, liberty, and human rights. The author asserted, the belief that one's entitlement to freedom is a key component of white supremacy. The belief that one's entitlement to freedom is a key component of white supremacy. This explains why the Freedom Convoy members see themselves as entitled to freedom, no matter the public health consequences to those around them. Uh, So, freedom is racist. Now, it's official. Uh, The left has already started making this argument. We've seen it. It has now been published in one of their propaganda networks. So this will become a mainstream idea in the next five years. The idea, people who support freedom are inherently going to just be called white supremacists. They already are, in a lot of cases. Anyone who's, you know, not in the woke cult or not a democrat. Anyone who supports actual freedom and personal responsibility and small government and all that. Those are all evil white supremacists. But now they're flat out saying it. The belief That one's entitlement to freedom is a key component of white supremacy. Really let that marinate for a second. (laughs) If you think that you have the right to be free, then you're racist. This is what the left wants you to think. This is where all of their policies are going. If you think the government doesn't have the right to forcibly inject you with something, you hate black people. There is no valid criticism of Democrats or Democrat policies. There is none. You just hate black people. That's all. This is how whimsically stupid these people are. This is the level of intellectual... This is the level of brain power that they bring to the Washington Post, which is, you know, ostensibly a news outlet. And and one of the bigger ones, frankly. I just can't I just can't get over the sentence. The belief that one's entitlement to freedom is a key component of white supremacy. I I'm 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 actually just flabbergasted right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I mean these this is the these are the you know the thought leaders on the left. These are the people who hand down the ideas that get repeated by the idiots and and the voters, you know? Well, if you believe in freedom, it's because you you you're a white supremacist, because I mean nobody else could possibly want freedom black people don't believe in freedom spanish people asian people no no no. any of them that believe in freedom they just want to be enslaved i guess i mean this whole argument just completely falls apart in any sense as soon as you apply any brain power to it but of course they don't the entire goal is just to make sure that people vote against their own interests people vote In a way that makes sure that the government has the power and they don't. This is to make sure that anyone who espouses ideas of freedom and liberty and rights is automatically seen as evil by the supporters and the followers of the cult. This is powerful brainwashing stuff. This is powerful propaganda. Freedom is racist. Man, I mean, just imagine all those slaves, you know, 200 years ago, sweating their asses off in a hot field, you know, dreaming that one day they could be racists, dreaming that one day they themselves could finally engage in the dream of white supremacy. Uh, It must have been all that kept them going. (laughs) I mean, uh, there's just no words to describe the insanity of this cult that we find ourselves in opposition to. And how any intelligent person takes them seriously is genuinely beyond me. So I just wanted to cover that little story. I saw the article on The Blaze, and it just absolutely blew my mind. There's a lot of other stuff to get to, so I'm going to kind of move on. But I just I, I just want you guys to kind of mentally chew on that for a minute. These people's position is that if you are pro-freedom, you are a white supremacist. Alright. Moving on. Um... So the trucker convoy has been destroyed. <laughs> um, they've all been imprisoned. They've had their trucks towed. Trudeau has decided to kill their pets and freeze their bank accounts. So this is the this is the face of the government now in the Western world. Granted, it's Canada. but Canada and the United States are... Not far apart. Canada is, I would say, a little bit more uh, leftist. But America's on track to be that, you know what I mean? Soon. And uh, we we now live in a world where when you peacefully protest in an effective way the government doesn't like, eh, they'll just shut down your ability to feed your family and pay your bills and then kill your pets and put you in prison. What's wrong with that? That's not a fascistic totalitarian democracy. (laughs) Did I say democracy? That's not a fascistic totalitarian government. That's just, you know, keeping everyone safe. That's that's one of the main things that Trudeau keeps saying, is he's just trying to keep the people of Ottawa safe. Well, the truckers were not violent. Um, They didn't kill anyone. They didn't burn down buildings. They didn't smash people with bricks and attack them in the streets. And they didn't, you know, throw Molotov cocktails into federal courthouses and and blind federal officers with lasers. They didn't do any of those things. Um, so naturally they were shut down as violent terrorists. While Trudeau, of course, got on his knees and, and wept with Black Lives Matter in the street like a coward. So... When, when the governments of the world are completely and totally... Well, I don't want to say the governments of the world. That's not fair. When certain governments are completely and totally in the bag for one political ideology and they allow that one side to do anything they want and they don't allow the other side to even peacefully protest, you know war is coming. Those who make peaceful protest impossible make violent revolution inevitable. There is no middle ground. If you're not allowed to say, hey, I don't think the government has the right to forcibly inject me with something. If you're not allowed to express that opinion without having your pets murdered and your family starve and your livelihood taken away, you do not live in a free country. You live in... Hell. You live somewhere where, based on your opinions... You can have your rights taken away. That is where Canadian citizens live. And Americans, frankly. Uh, if you have the right opinions, you can burn, riot, loot, and murder in the street. And that's, of course, no problem. Um, this isn't, a, and I keep saying it over and over and over again, but this is not a system that is that can sustain itself. And that's the point. The entire point of this psychotic ideology that's destroying our country is to make life between people who hold this ideology and people who oppose this ideology untenable and impossible you cannot have a country a cohesive country that runs and flows and has you know people working together in the same area if half of the country believes that you know the other half simply just wants to murder everyone that's not white you can't have a country when one side is allowed to To destroy cities and kill people and the other side isn't allowed to honk their horns. I know, I know, it's two separate countries, but it's the same ideology at play in both of them. Trudeau's ideology is perfectly aligned with, you know, Klaus Schwab, the Davos Group, the World Economic Forum, the Build Back Better agenda that's shared by all these socialists, all these globalists. This is the ideology. And the way that it takes hold is by... It's it's like a I don't know if anyone's ever read Gad Sads book The Parasitic Mind, but it's a it's a it's a wonderful it's a it's a wonderfully erudite breakdown of this mental parasite that is, you know, postmodernism and Marxism. It infects people, and it makes their brains shit. And then these these dangerous ideas about men being women and you know, murdering children and, and modern monetary theory and how there's there's no rules, there's no, you know, do whatever you want, whenever you want. It's all about immediate gratification and immediate pleasure. Never plan for the future. Never sacrifice in the now for the future. You know, it's just people that, that think completely emotionally and they, 0% of their, their mental bandwidth goes toward logic. They just, they react emotionally to everything. And this ideology has, you know, it's taken hold everywhere. So people in Canada now, uh, like I said, have had their pets murdered, their bank accounts shut down, so they can't pay their bills. And um, Trudeau's second in command actually came out and said that they were trying to make those emergency powers permanent. Now, the day that I was going to record this podcast, uh, that was the the day that she said that. And so, you know... That was a bleak moment. I ended up having to wait a couple days because, you know, life happens. But there was a point when it looked like they were just going to enshrine those emergency war powers permanently. And, man, I mean, I'm glad that he, you know, he gave up those powers again. But if he can just take up that mantle whenever he wants, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to grab that card that makes me uh, be able to break all the rules and laws and do whatever I want. And then he can just put it down. It's the same thing. What if there's another protest that's perfectly peaceful and is actually effective? He's just gonna shut it down? Why would he allow any dissent that makes him look bad? It's really interesting too to, to if you if you've been paying attention to the whole arc of the media coverage of the, the truckers, it went from basically this is a, Trudeau you know said, this is just a fringe minority. It's you know just ignore them. And so the media went from nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing, ha- nothing's happening to there are violent terrorists taking over the city and we must destroy them. <laughs> There's no middle ground. There's no buildup. It's just like, nope, everything's fine. Everything's totally under, con- under control. Nothing to see here, folks. And then, oh my god, it's an emergency. We need to enact federal emergency war powers to deal with this psychotic terrorist protest. They. They're kind of like the CEOs of like Goldman Sachs and Bear Stearns and Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, like when the ship was going down, I forget which one it was, but one of them, the CEO, I think it was Bear Stearns literally went on Jim Cramer's show the day before the collapse and was like, yeah, everything's great. Our six month projections look incredible and blah, blah, blah. They they want to keep up appearances right up until the ship sinks these people wanted to keep up the appearance, like, there's nothing here, you know, these are just some random, these are just evil white supremacists that decided to get in their trucks and, you know, drive around Canada, there's nothing to see here, don't worry about it. And as soon as it was something to worry about, they completely skipped over the, hey, maybe let's have a conversation, let's hear what they have to say, let's let's talk about their ideas, let's, let's bring this into the sunlight. It just went from, no, these are a fringe minority to crush them. They are dissenters and they will not be tolerated. It's just insane. The, the the whiplash of that. Um and you know that like I said, that article went on talking about how, you know, there's this evil underbelly of colonial racism in canada and this is it's it's rearing its ugly head and all this fucking absolute nonsense but as we've seen this is exactly what happens in america too this is part of this destruction of the west this 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 woke progressive ideology everyone that came before was racist (laughs) everyone that disagrees with us is racist Everyone who just wants to be left alone is racist. So the only people that aren't racist, apparently, are the people that choose to judge everyone by the color of their skin and the content of their genitals. Those are the only good people left, apparently. Everyone else is a Nazi. (laughs) Uh, The world is absolute clown show. And, you know, there's a I think there's three U.S. trucker convoys that have all been uh, launched off the back of this this big Canadian convoy, which kind of they really led the way. It's, it's incredible, too, because Canada is not generally one of those countries that has, you know, big uh, protests a lot of the time and certainly not the, uh, you know, more conservative side of the population. Like yeah, BLM went there, and there's a big rally, and like, it, I mean, it happens. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's they're generally very they're a lot like Australians. They're kind of just indifferent to government in a lot of ways. People just gone about their business, and that's just you know city folk and city problems. The majority of Canadians live in you know rural areas. You know what? I actually don't know if that's true statistically, but I mean, there, there's cities which are always blue, but then as we see, there 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 are no there are no red well i guess in in the sense of canada no red provinces there's there are, are blue provinces there's there's r- blue cities in in red provinces it's the same thing it's like the cities are always blue and they dominate because they're the population centers but the actual people spread out across the the entire country they they don't all they don't hold this ideology it's really the, the funny thing is that this ideology is actually just a fringe you know idea held by by a small proportion of people. It's just that those people have all wormed their way into positions of power and they force their ideology into the institutions they infect like, like, like brain parasites. But we're going to see all these same tactics being used against the American convoys as well. Oh, they're all just evil racists that want to kill people. I mean, how anyone, honestly, honestly, how anyone is still... Buying this spoon-fed bullshit is, is truly beyond me. I mean, at no point is there is the media just so ridiculous and the lies are so blatant. At no point do you think, hey, wait a minute. Maybe this isn't true. Maybe they're lying. No, no, no. This is the media we're talking about here. They can't lie. Which is actually a sentiment I've seen liberal friends of mine express, it's the news. You can't lie on the news. <laughs> these, these people are really... I think, I think more of it is ignorance than it is, you know, malice. But it's, it's pretty incredible. They think the news can't lie. But of course, if you ask them, oh, so Fox News is telling the truth? Well, of course they lie. They're the bad people. They, there is no intellectual consistency to be found on the left. I know I've said it a thousand times, but um, man. So yeah, the the the, the U.S. freedom convoys are going to get shut down. I think it's going to be way worse, frankly. I think it's going to be they're gonna, they're they're it's not going to last three whatever three and a half weeks whatever the Canadian convoy was. It's not going to last half that long. They're going to get shut down, arrested. They're going to get January 6th. They're going to get put in a dark room in solitary confinement. And and they're going to be political prisoners being punished by their own government for having bad ideas. And those ideas include uh, that the government is bad. (laughs) Uh, If you stand against the government, you're an evil person and we can now lock you in jail. I mean, I know people like to pretend January 6th was this big insurrection or this like the rebellion or something, but it's really the vast majority of it was people taking selfies and like standing on desks and shit. I mean, really, I mean, I, I, I dare say January 6th was mostly peaceful protests. Not only was most of the people not involved in the riot at the Capitol, but most of the time they were there, they weren't violent. There was almost no violence at all. There was some people fighting with cops, which, you know, of course happens at every protest everywhere. Except the the trucker convoy, as far as I saw. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it was a peaceful protest. I mean, sure, you know, there was some people that died, but it was mostly peaceful. I love how you can say that about anything, too. I was thinking about this the other day, like, you know, pick any serial killer in history. Their life was mostly peaceful. That's a fact. That's just a statement of fact. You can't be murdering people 24-7. That's insane. Say, so here's the, here's the thing. If you murder somebody, you are a murderer. That's how it works. You don't have to be, you don't have to like murder people 40 hours a week before you like, you know, gain the title of murderer. If you, if you murder somebody, you're a murderer. But the way the left likes to frame it is like, well, this murder—he was mo- there were mostly peaceful. I mean, <laughs> he he only killed people a few days out of his whole life. I mean, that's e- easily ninety-nine percent of the time he was alive, he was peaceful. So you know, I mean, there's just these these ridiculous, absurd perspectives that they find to try to neutralize dissent or uh, you know, uh, you know, or criticism. It's like. It's, it's technically accurate but this this is exactly what the media does fact check the blm protests were mostly peaceful it's like okay in the sense that most of the people weren't committing violence sure but again if you've got a <laughs> if i give you a glass of water and it's you know 93% safe to drink and 7% of it will kill you well it's 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 mostly safe. Like well, it's it it really is just absurd. It's just on its face, absolutely ridiculous. Um and since so moving on, um since the other day when I was going to record this podcast and didn't, uh Vladimir Putin decided to invade Ukraine. Now this is something you're Probably your your Facebook and Reddit feeds and whatever whatever it is you watch or do is probably completely clogged with videos of you know Ukrainians fighting back or showing the destruction. Or I saw one that was like twenty five infants in a, in a in a little bomb shelter with nurses just hiding and hoping that they don't get blown up. I mean, there's a lot of crazy shit happening in Ukraine right now. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be Mr. Foreign Policy Expert because I'm not that guy. Uh, but I can explain to you, like, the basics of, of, of what's going on here. And the reality is that... <laughs> I think it was Chank Yuger who said that Tucker Carlson is mouthing Putin talking points. The, like the right supports Putin because he's a white male or something. It's like, well, Joe Biden's a white male and they don't support him... So you're stupid, but um, but yeah, the reality is that the actions Vladimir Putin is taking are the result of actions that the United States and NATO have taken. So the the best way I've heard this explained, no surprise, was by Dave Smith. Uh, he's just a brilliant genius of a man. Um, his his understanding of foreign policy is matched only by I would say Scott Horton, um, and so you have to basically understand that after World War Two, and again, I'm not a historian and I'm not a foreign policy expert. So if you you know you want to fact check me on any of this stuff, p- please feel free do your own research. Um, but basically, NATO exist. NATO was was created to deal with Russia, and after World War Two, it was like, well, what's the what are we doing here, it's, why are we still, why are we still a thing, and all these countries have, you know, like, we, we, we it's kind of like a, you know, you pay dues, essentially, <laughs> like, you pay in, and you get your membership card, and supposedly, if a, it's, it's kind of like, a, the EU, you know, but, uh, Essentially, the, the idea was to deal with Russia. But when Russia, when when the Soviet Union fell, we're like, okay, well, are are we are we done with this now? Well, no, we're not. Um, countries kept being added and added and added, and 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 essentially, what happened is that NATO kept like the the border of NATO kept inching closer and closer and closer. And closer to the border of Russia. There's a lot of plowing happening outside. I'm sure you guys can hear that. I apologize, but they're loud and they're probably not going to stop. So I'm just going to kind of try to power through. Um, so basically, imagine if you know you're you're in your town, right? And you're driving around, and you get to the you get to the edge of your town, and there's this other country there. Like, hey, no, you can't you can't go here. You can't leave your your area or you're invading us you're invading our our lands and you're like whoa that's crazy all right i guess i'll stay in my town and then a month later you go to to leave and you drive off your street and then this other country is at the end of your street and you're like no 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 this is all ours too now you have to stay here this is your area just this street and you're like wow that's that's kind of crazy all right and then you know a month later you you go to leave your house And this other country is now right up against your door. And they're like, no, you can't leave or you're, you're invading us. This is a violent uh, action and we will respond. Like imagine if people just kept closing in on what was yours and kept building up around you and then pretending that if you do anything to, to counter this, that you are evil and you are aggressive and you are the bad guy. Now, I'm not defending Vladimir Putin, okay? He has journalists murdered. He's assassinated people. He's a bad dude. <laughs> Corn Pop was a bad dude. Okay, Putin's a bad guy. He's he's an ex-KGB officer. The guy has seen some shit. He's a sixth-degree black belt in Judo, from what I've heard, though. So, like, you know, maybe kind of a badass. But uh, I'm not defending him and everything that he's doing. I'm just saying... The United States sitting here and pretending like this is all the evil bad guy doing evil bad guy stuff and we're just over here being the good guys and trying to save everybody is simply not what's happening. That's just not accurate. NATO has continued to add countries and add land and keep moving west and keep pressing up against the border of Russia until they're literally at the point now where they're talking about Ukraine entering NATO. it's like... At what point is someone allowed to start defending their own space and their own property without being the bad guy? That's, the, the, you're never, like any any mainstream news source is just going to say, Putin, bad, America, good. That's just not the answer. That's just simply not, it's not that simple. You can't simply look at the world in terms of good, bad, and then just, then just let, let everything fall where they may, you know. Um, there's, there's so much more going on, you know, the, the EU and a a lot of European countries and a lot of the world, frankly, relies on Russia for energy, for oil. So, I mean, there's so many layers to this. Like Putin can just cut off their supply of oil. He doesn't have to wage war against, you know, Europe, um, there's, oh, there's so much going on, but it's yeah, it's not as it's not as easy as you know, good and evil, black and white. The U.S. and NATO have been sort of creeping up to Russia's doorstep, and he's been warning this whole time. Um, you know, under Obama, he took Crimea. Uh, under Trump, he didn't dare do anything, and now that there's another weak Democrat in office, he's taking Ukraine, because he knew. Trump would not have tolerated it. Trump flat out told him, if you move on Ukraine, I will bomb Moscow. (laughs) He just flat out said it. And, you know, it's Trump. They were talking about the kind of guy who uh, called off an airstrike 10 minutes before it was supposed to happen because it would have killed too many people. And he said it was a disproportionate response to, you know, I forget what it was. Some research station got bombed or something like that. I forget I forget specifically. But he he, he decided he didn't want to kill 150 people because that was too big of a response. You know what I mean? So everyone, they say he's the madman and he's this crazy guy. But he really had a pretty level-headed response when it came to military engagements. And, um, I mean, maybe that's all bullshit. You know, maybe he wouldn't have bombed Moscow. Maybe he... When he told G that he would hit Beijing if they moved on Taiwan, you know, it's like maybe he was just bluffing, but it doesn't matter because they believed him and they didn't do it. They didn't move on those countries. Um, But yeah, so NATO has been creeping up against Russia's doorstep and they're now talking about, you know, letting Ukraine into NATO, which is literally, I mean, again, I'm not defending Putin, but I'm just saying like, knowing Putin... And knowing what he's willing to do to defend what he has, that was really stupid. Um, I think this is this is what the left wants, though. They're, 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 they're war hawks at this point. They're pro-war. Biden cares more about the border of Poland and Ukraine than he does about our border. He actually sent our border patrol agents to Poland and to Ukraine. While our southern border is being overrun by millions of illegal immigrants in the middle of a, quote, pandemic unvaccinated, we've got, you know, there's criminals, gang members, human trafficking, child trafficking, all just flooding into the country, not only flooding it over the border, but of course being flown into red states throughout the country, as we've covered on this show before. So the the idea that Biden cares more about the border of some foreign country than he does about our own border, pretty much says everything you need to know about his administration. He is literally setting this country ablaze, putting us at war, getting Americans killed, shutting down our economy. He just stopped oil production. Two days ago he just signed a bill to shut down oil and gas production. At the beginning of what could be a war, we should be he should be literally rubber stamping any and all bills that produce energy and gas right now. But of course, Biden is gonna make sure America is as weak as possible. Our military has been completely wokeified. It's all gender diversity, diversity, inclusivity, and equity bullshit. Um, I mean, this is this is the worst possible thing that could have happened to our country at this possible time. It was Joe Biden, Russia moving on Ukraine leaves the door open for China to move on Taiwan. And one of the things um, that this is huge too. One of the things that the the EU is talking about is banning Russia from the Stripe payment system. Now this is a horribly horribly awful idea because trade is how wars are averted. Trade is how wars are stopped. I mean, historically, uh, two countries that, you know, are engaged in like a long, attritious battle. Economics and, and business and trade is is one way to turn enemies into partners. Like, well, instead of killing each other, let's make each other rich. Um, and so the strike payment system is is that. The strike payment system is how Russia gets paid from all the energy that they export. The strike payment system is how countries engage in international economics and trade. If, he, if, if Russia is banned from trading, then they, they then have nothing to lose. And that's the worst possible position that we could put them in, because I don't think anyone knows what Vladimir Putin is capable of in a, in a situation where he has nothing left to lose. And I think it would just create, you know, it would just send Russia looking to China to finance their, uh, you know, their military and their, their economic interests. And then we've got our two biggest enemies working together. And the United States is powerful, but it can't take Russia and China at the same time. I mean even under Trump with a strong military we couldn't have done that. Never mind under Biden with this like transgender wokeified bullshit. <laughs> the guy in charge of the nukes wears dresses and does uh dog play. I mean <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. It sounds like I'm making it up, but I'm not. I promise. I forget the guy's name, but So I mean, yeah, this this whole this whole Ukraine situation has been brewing for a long time. Trump was kind of a He stopped it from happening because Putin didn't know what Trump was going to do. And he was too unpredictable. He's basically just a wild card in there and Putin didn't want to risk it. Biden's not a fucking wild card. Biden is a drooling old man who has no clue where he is. And he's weak. Our military is weak. And there's simply no way that we can stop this. I mean... At some point, we might try. This whole boots on the ground notion has been talked about and this and that. But, I mean, spinning up the war machine again is not what Americans want. Um, And I don't see why it makes more sense to to worry about some foreign border halfway across the world than the one at uh, our southern border. Which is being invaded as we speak. As I'm saying these words. Um, It's... It's fucking crazy when the government cares more about foreign nations than it does about its own citizens in its own country. But these people voted for this, and uh, I don't know how we. I don't even know if we'll make it to the midterms. I mean, if this really does turn into World War Three, this we could be looking at the final days of like peaceful, quiet civilization. I mean, all it takes. What people don't understand is, you know. All it takes is the the power going out or or f- lack of access to food. You go to the grocery store and everything's gone. And you go to another grocery store and everything's gone. You go to CVS as like a as like a, you know, last ditch effort. The shelves are bare. This whole polite society of people, you know, being neighbors and waving at each other and like being friendly, that all goes out the door immediately as soon as resources stop flowing. This is what people don't realize. The second access to food, water, or energy is cut off. We no longer live in polite society anymore. We live in the Thunderdome. People with guns are gonna take what they want, and people without guns are gonna get taken. I mean, I'm not I don't want this, but this is this is this is reality. Human beings are, you know, dangerous. And a human being with nothing left to lose is incredibly dangerous. Um, So, yeah. I mean, we might not make it to the midterms. Everything might be fine. Again, I'm no expert on these matters. Um, You know, I I read what I can. I inform myself as best I can about the world around me from sources that I trust. But when it really comes down to it, no one knows what's going to happen. I mean, Biden could make some horrible blunder, or maybe, you know, Russia gets banned from the, sorry, the SWIFT payment system. Did I say Stripe? I meant SWIFT. Um, And that could just be the end. That could be it. Who knows if all these crazy weapons that have been being developed since, you know, the end of World War Two finally have a time to shine. One of the reasons, and again, I'm not a, an expert in, on anything, really, but one of the one of the reasons why world war 1 was so unbelievably deadly why there were so many casualties millions and millions and millions and millions of casualties is because the world hadn't had a really big war since essentially like waterloo and the technology had 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 grown and increased so much in that time that nobody had any idea what they were really getting into when war happened again. It was a whole different thing. People were not ready for the amount of carnage. There are stories uh, when 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 the uh, when the Kaiserreich was moving on the um, the bunkers in Belgium. You know, they they had to run across these open fields, and these Germans were just getting absolutely. Shracked by machine gun fire, just getting absolutely destroyed, and after a while, there were so many bodies that the Germans moving into the bunkers had cover, and their cover was the dead bodies of their fellow soldiers. I mean, they literally were using piles of dead bodies for cover from machine gun. So it's like people just didn't understand that the weaponry, the the technology, and the lethality of the weaponry had increased so much. Since the last big like conflict that the world had seen, they were not ready for what happened when when World War One finally reared its ugly head. Um, and I think we're if this war really goes hot, and if it it could just end with Putin taking Ukraine, and then that'd be the end of it. It's possible. It's it's at least as likely as any other scenario. But what if it doesn't? What if he continues moving east? Sorry, if he continues moving west continues creeping across europe i i don't i don't think we're not at the we're not at the point where we're going to i mean yes there'll be skirmishes and there'll be people, you know men with guns battling it out on certain fronts but i think we're looking at larger scale of war now icbms and and, and nukes and like the nuclear power the nuclear power of the average nuclear bomb has gone up by something like 1,200% or something crazy like that since the last time one was dropped and that was you know Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Um, I don't think the world is... R- the world doesn't understand what could happen at this point. I mean, we're talking... China's got nukes. Russia's got nukes. America's got nukes. I don't know about the EU countries. I'm sure some of them do. Probably most of them do. But once you... Once you ring that bell, there's no one ringing it. There's no going back. If we get to that point, we have all lost. And it's not as if I can sit here and say write your congressman. Like <laughs> what what like you know, what are you and I supposed to do about this? There is nothing we can do. The train is on the tracks and we are simply on the train. Um you know, there's this map circulating on Twitter and it was like all of the high value targets for nuclear strikes and there's almost no. I think it was like Idaho was the one state that had none and I was like well Idaho it is but I mean it's all just going to be luck of the draw man who knows what happens I I don't want to say I, I think this will happen or I don't think this will happen or whatever because I'm no expert I'm just a guy who reads and, and does what I can but I'm not omniscient you know. I think this is a terribly scary situation. I think it would never have happened under Trump and, and didn't happen under Trump. But but here we are with Joe Biden at the helm and and war looming. And now that freedom is completely racist, I I just I'm I'm lost now. But I guess I'm going to cut it there. Um I feel like all these episodes are so blackpilly lately, and I hate that. But I, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to to express what I see, what I feel, and and my ideas. You know, um, I uh, please listen to other sources. There's a lot of people out there way smarter than me who have way more understanding. Please go listen to Dave Smith mm-hmm. and Scott Horton. Please go listen to uh, you know Tim Pool and, and Crowder and Ben Shapiro and. Mark Levin, whoever, maybe you like shoe on head or Kyle Kalinsky, just wherever you get your, your, your information, please do. You know, I'm not, you know, don't just listen to me. I'm not like Fox news. I'm not going to sit here and tell uh, like CNN. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that everyone outside of this, everyone outside of here is lying to you. No, the establishment press and the corporate media will lie. That doesn't necessarily mean that alternative sources won't lie. It just means that they're not guaranteed to be lying. But uh, So I'm going to wrap it up there. So once again, shout-out to Jim. Hopefully Jim Stroud has a big bump in his podcast listens and his uh, subs, subscriptions. Got a shout-out on Tim Pool. Now you're getting a shout-out on Free Minds Podcast, so kind of a big deal. Um, So yeah, guys, make sure you check out Jim on uh, jimstroud.com. He's got a bunch of different podcasts. Uh, he's working on the show. I don't know if he's actually ended up publishing any of the episodes yet. I'm sorry I haven't been keeping you guys updated. I've been working on it and helping him like you know write some stuff and do uh, do interviews and things like that but I work full-time I've got my own podcast I've got my own relationship I've got my own life going on like I um, you know I'm not necessarily keeping up with him every day. it's just like when he needs me for something I'll, I'll help him out with it but um, yeah check out Jim please you know he's doing great work. Um, Check out the the, the Facebook page. Please, I beg you, make a Gab.com account. I know everyone has Facebook, but we all know Facebook sucks. It's the worst. You get fact-checked for memes. (laughs) Gab doesn't do that. Gab just lets you share whatever you want, say whatever you want, speak with whoever you want. If it's protected by the First Amendment, it's protected on Gab. I get it. You know, it's annoying to have to make another account, remember passwords, and blah, blah, blah. I get it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. But if you're, like, on the fence, maybe think about joining the Free Minds Podcast and access on Gab. Um, so, that's it for this one. Uh, thank you, guys. I love and appreciate all of you. I hope you're all safe out there. And um, I think the best advice I can give is just start at least planning your bug out. You know what I mean? If shit goes down in your neck of the woods, you need to have a plan. Have weapons, food, water, transportation, lined up and ready to go. I hate to keep ending my shows like this and keep bringing all this darkness and and this black pill bullshit, but it's getting rough out there, and I don't think this polite society that we find ourselves living in can continue to sustain itself for much longer under attack from every single possible avenue I can think of. But that's going to be it for this one, guys. Thank you very much for joining me. I love you all, and uh, God bless.